I just want to start this morning uh, just by uh, going over uh, just very briefly, and then I'll, I may come back um, as uh, later in, in the service after, uh, after sort of towards the end, just trying to articulate what next weekend uh, is about. Um, so we can just sort of bring understanding, or a greater understanding to what is it about. Um, and a few months ago, we received uh, a word from someone in this house uh, who spoke to me and just believed, uh, and they gave me a four-page document on God had woken them up and gave them a prophetic word uh, for the rock, which I took to the eldership, which we've been praying into and discerning. And then three weeks ago, I brought it to the church to say, this is what we believe as an eldership, as a leadership that God wants us to be doing, and this is the date that we want to do it on. And, uh, and so I just want to read a couple of passages and then read another prophecy that, that we received um, from someone else, uh, David Peters, who's a prophet to the nation and the nations who had no understanding of this prophetic word that we received three or four months ago. Uh, read a little bit about that. And then, um, and then I'm going to invite uh, Jeanette to come up and speak. But uh, it starts with Psalm 24, 7 that says, Wake up, you sleepyhead city. Wake up, you sleepyhead people. The King of glory is ready to enter. Uh, Isaiah 50 verse 4, the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He awakens me morning by morning, awakens my ear to listen like one being taught. And then the majority of the word was out of Joel 2, 15 to 27, which said this, blow the ram's horn trumpet in Zion. Declare a day of repentance, a holy fast, call a public meeting, get everyone there, consecrate the congregation, make sure the elders come, but bring in the children too, even the nursing babies, even men and women on their honeymoon, interrupt them and get them there. Between sanctuary entrance and altar, let the priest, God's servant, weep tears of repentance. Let them intercede, have mercy, God, on your people. Don't abandon your heritage to contempt. Don't let the pagans take over and rule them and sneer, and so where, and say, where is this God of yours? And then the, the prophetic word goes on more and more. And, um, and you might say, why do I need to repent? What, what, what's this whole repentance thing about? Repentance, all repentance is, is just turning back to Him and coming into the fullness of who He is and what He has for us. And so I don't believe I'm there yet. I don't believe I'm living in the fullness of what God has for me. And uh, I have, and you've heard me talking about over the last three years, God has dismantled some of my thinking. So that has created more life and more freedom and a greater sense of release of God in me. And so I don't believe we can think we've fully arrived. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and so what's this word is, is calling us, even if we don't understand it in our intellect, uh, the Bible calls us to have faith and obedience. God will call us to step into things that we don't understand. Because we have, uh, the Bible talks about us renewing our mind via the Spirit. And so the only way to do that is to take a step of faith into something. Peter didn't know how Jesus was going to get the fish in the boat because he's been out all night long and caught nothing. And he was the expert in fishing. Are you with me? And so Jesus says, throw it on the other side of the boat and you'll get some fish. But he has no understanding. What do you mean? I've been out. I've tried everything I know how to do. He turned to Christ, was obedient by faith, and the fish turn up. So it's not about whether we understand this or not. God's looking for an obedient, faithful person. That's what he's looking for. And what I want to do is call us as someone who uh, is, is one of the people that are leading this community, call us to this day. I want to urge us to this day because it's not a word from a person. It's a word from God for us. And God's going, will you obey me? Not the person with the microphone or the person that brought the word. That person had to have faith to bring that to me. I've had to have faith to bring it to you. And God's looking, are we going to have faith as a community? That's what that day's about. And so um, I hope that just inspires you. Now listen to this because this is what David Peter's brought, having no understanding and no context of what this other word said. I see a golden trumpet in your right hand, and the Lord is saying, lift it up, put it in your mouth and blow it, and don't be afraid to blow the trumpet, and don't be afraid of what people will think, because the Lord's put a love in your heart so that the breath that comes out of you that blows through the trumpet to make the sound is the breath of the Spirit. 
and it's the grace of God, and it's the love of the Father, and it's the warmth, and it, sorry, and it's the warmth. It's the breath of God's very nature that's blowing through that trumpet. So it doesn't make a harsh sound that scares people. It makes a nice a sound that will gather, and you know when they made trumpets in the Exodus. Sorry. So it doesn't make a harsh sound that scares people. It makes a nice. It makes a nice sound, a sound that will gather. And you know when they made trumpets in the ex, in Exodus, when the Israelites. Okay, this has been translated a little bit not quite right. Um, basically, the trumpet was blown in the Old Testament when the people were on the move and to gather the people. And this is a gathering of the people. And so I want to call us uh, to this gathering on the 28th uh, at 3 p.m. We're bringing the, the morning and the night crew uh, together. And so uh, I don't know whether I'll speak more. I said more than what I was going to say. <laughs> so you might not hear uh, from me again on that. But I just want to call us to that. So if you know people that, that are going, what is this day about? Uh, if you are struggling maybe to articulate yourself, just get them to call me or one of the other leaders or get them to email me so we can bring context to it. Because um, I, you know, I am hearing some people going, do you know what this day is about? I don't understand this day. I don't think I'll come um, because I don't understand it. And so just say, look, get hold of Greg, send him an email. Um, I heard him say this, and then we can just get as many people here as we can. Um, and just all I'm going to ask us to do is don't come with your expectation of what the day is going to look like. Just come with a hungry heart. Just come with an open heart. Because as soon as we come with this is what it needs to look like, I think he sort of goes, I'm going to mess with that. Or he went, we've got to come with just this openness. If we're really going to be led by the Spirit, that means being led by the Spirit to what the Spirit wants to do, not what I have a preconceived idea of what the Spirit's going to do. Because once again, if we have that, when our expectation's not met, we stand on the outside of it going, I don't think this is God. And when Ezekiel is told to lie down for 300-something days naked, that can't be of you, God. Well, it was, wasn't it? And so there's all these things that, that we have to come into by faith and obedience. Then understanding comes and breakthrough comes. And so I just want to encourage us with that. Uh, well, it's a privilege and an honor to have Philip Power. She's coming in power already. That, <laughs> that wasn't her mic. That was her. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And Jeanette has, has been here for years and years and years. But 27. And, uh, 27. <laughs> Don't she look awesome this morning? Oh, thank you. Look at this. Smart lady. And um, they had a phenomenal time a few weeks ago at the Aglow Conference in Taupo. Yes. And just, yes, uh, yes. yeah, we were able to be part of that and you serve were. her. So it's a privilege to have you today, Jeanette. Thank you. And uh, release what God's got for us. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. One thing I'll say right up front. If your pastor and your elders call such a thing as on Sunday, you go running. That's one thing I've learned over the years. If, if I put myself under leadership, I follow because it's from there you get little inklings of what God's doing. He doesn't reveal everything to us up front. If he did, we would actually sabotage ourselves because we say, no, we're not equipped for that. No, we can't do that. Oh, yes, we can. And God releases things. Oh, I do. I encourage you to come. I encourage you to bring your children. Whenever we, right through from primary school, right through, we always brought our children through to... Um, Everything that we went to where possible, like Tracy's our youngest, Andrew's our eldest, and um, who's been on eldership here, and also Michelle, who's also involved. I encourage you to bring your children because the anointing, what you get fed, even if they don't understand, flows onto them, nourishes them, oh, just guides them. So come, 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 come. I was excited when I heard these um, scriptures, Psalm 24, wake up, sleepyhead. Isaiah, sovereign Lord, instructed our tongues, calling us, shine like the brightness. And then when I was asked to speak, I thought, yes, because there's been a scripture that's been going off in my spirit for since the middle of last year, which we will look at in a minute. And um, it actually relates with that. But we did have a fabulous time at the Aglow Conference. 
and I had a fabulous time at the Houston conference, and I had a fabulous time at a Canberra conference, and one in the lower hut, and there's something that's coming through. God is moving. Things are happening that we don't always fully understand. Our Saturday night, and um, it was at Wairaki with our wonderful music band from here, we went into deep intercession. You don't normally do that on a Saturday night. What does that say to me? Listen, what's God doing? So since then, and also prior to Houston, things were coming out. And yesterday morning, I thought, I need to go delving on the internet. I needed to go and find out from what happened, because I'd heard about the Cane Ridge Revival, which happened in the year 1799. And there was an article I found here. It's called Decently and in Order, Lessons to Learn from the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky. And it starts off with the scripture from 1 Corinthians 14, 39 to 40. Now, this is not my message, but it does add into it. So, my friends, be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently in order. Now, some of you will know about the McGee brothers. They had an incredible revival. And they would meet from... Friday night through to Saturday morning, speaking and teaching. And this happened for a long, long time. And then this particular weekend, nothing really happened except for the Monday morning when this gentleman uh, was speaking. And it said, suddenly in the midst of Mr. Hodges' sermon, a woman at the extreme end of the house gave out her feelings and the loud cries and shouts. In other words, God had connected with her spirit. She didn't know what to do. She let out with a yell. Following the dismissal of the congregation, the people seemed to not want to leave. Instead, they remained mainly silently weeping in every part of the house. William McGee experienced God's power come upon him in such a way that he felt he needed to leave his seat, sit down on the floor, while John sat trembling under the power of God. John McGee felt an irresistible urge to preach, and the people were eager to hear. He began, and again this woman interrupted and shouting and would not be silenced. Renar is the word. She'd had a connection with the Spirit of God, Renar, and it would have been wrong to have actually stopped her. And that's what I'm saying. We don't know what's going to happen next week. It may just be all in the spirit realm and may come out in a couple of weeks, but you don't know. You stay open. You don't go judging. You don't go saying anything. You don't say, oh, you just go and say, what you are saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? So, she was too, too much agitated to preach. He expressed his belief that it was a greater than he preaching at that moment and exhorted the people to let the Lord God omnipotent reign in their hearts and to submit them and their souls should live upon this. And many broke silence and renown and just broke out with her. The Methodist preacher, there was a Presbyterian preacher, a whole lot there, whose feelings was now wrought to the highest pitch after a brief debate in his own mind came to the conclusion that it was his duty to disregard the usual orderly habits of a denomination. That's what we're doing next week. We're disregarding the normal habits because this is what the Spirit of God is saying. Pass along the aisle he went, shouting and exhorting vehemently, and the uh, clamor, confusion was increased tenfold, and the flame was blown to its heights. Screams for mercy mingled with the shouts of ecstasy. So it's a mingling. The universal agitation pervaded the whole multitude who bowed before it in, like a field, waving with the Holy Spirit. And that's what someone said, what happened on our um, Saturday night. We waved to the Holy Spirit. Do you know within a short time, 25,000 people were being transformed? I do encourage you to bring yourself your family and your friends and even if you don't understand let the spirit of god speak this is not coffee this is water so i can think <laughs> although i should have a coffee with god so bless your heaps on that that's good isn't it and that was 17.99 and what are we 2000 how many times do we see that i have been in some revivals here in wellington i have I've been at the Basin Reserve. I've been at the town hall where I've queued for two hours. I tell you what, it's amazing. The Spirit of God is moving. We know that God, Jesus, has over 300 names related to him. But there are three dimensions that are really coming through at the moment. It's the bridegroom, the king, 
and the judge. The bridegroom reveals his desire to know his people more. And you know something? In all of history, it's never been like it is at this moment in time. You look at the Old Testament and some have got a, um, a revelation of the bride and the bridegroom. And again in the New Testament. And look over the 2,000 years, you can see it. But nothing like this season, this moment is coming through. Everywhere I go, we are the bride of Christ. We need to be thinking from heaven and earth. If we think from earth to heaven, we're thinking, God, will you do it? Have I got a right to go there? Is this really me? When you go the other way and you take a hold of Ephesians where it says you're seated with him, you have a totally different perspective as to how you can pray, how you de declare, how you can move. It is really quite transforming. And I can say after 25 years of living like this, and I've still got more to live and learn, praise God. <laughs> you know, it's there, it's awesome. So he, it is the season of the bridegroom, the king, and the judge. The king reveals his power. The great harvest, the triumphs, the transforming of society, releasing life in the midst of darkness. And the judge is where he will plant his seal on this earth and say, and bind anything that hinders love. Because our God, our beautiful God, is so good. You have to know that. You must carry that in your spirit. Even if you don't understand what you're going through, your God is a good God and loves you to bits. And we've got to find ways to get through so you understand if you don't fully understand. But just know for certain that your God loves you. So my message, the title today is The Sound of Our King. And that's why I was excited when uh, you understand the scripture that I'm going to be reading from, which is Isaiah 52, 1 and 2. Because when I saw what, was, what we've been praying into, that wake up, sleep ahead, and the rest, this really resonates well with the um, scripture that's been going off, off in my spirit. So Isaiah 52, verses 1 and 2. So for those that have got the Bible, I love that sound of rustling. I used to, my pastor, write it back. Oh, yes, you can just see it. He said, love the rustling, and it's good. And do you know, your Bible is to be used as a reference book. Write in your Bible. Who writes in their Bible? Good, good. It's not to be so sacred that you can't use it, because often you'll know a chapter or a book it's in, but you won't always know the verse. So use it. It's brilliant because then you can pull it out at those moments when you, need, you really need it. So it says, Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake off the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. This is a most impacting, this has impacted me personally, which means it's impacted the ministry that God's called me to oversee. Let it impact you, and then it gives you confidence to uh, walk through the doors that God wants you to walk through. Awake, awake. I want to break it down into little bits. And that is actually, who goes into their children and says, wakey, wakey? Who goes in, wakey, wakey? Do you? Yeah? Well, God is saying the same, wakey, 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 wakey. That is actually what it means. A glow, not a glow, beg your pardon. Uh, well, it does mean a glow, awake, awake. It means the rock, awake, awake. It means us personally, awake, awake. But he does, it says awake, awake, which means wakey, wakey. But it is also the battle cry of God. It's a battle cry, God crying out to us to come into what he wants us more, to wake and awake. Who are we? Awake to who we are. The love of the Father. I only know a little bit of my Father. I know he's so good. But I know he's even more. He wants us to come into holiness and separation from the world's influence. And when you make that decision, not to view things, not to say things, not to go places that you might be intrigued of, you actually find more freedom and you find more liberty and you know, just rattling off the places that my God has taken me since I'm in the last 12 months. I'm blown away. 
because I dared to go and believe what he said to do. I've been to Houston and Canberra and Samoa, and I'm going to Fiji shortly. <laughs> I mean, I've been speaking in these places, and I've been five or six, seven or eight places down south, all different. Why? Because I started to wake up my spirit. I encourage you to wake up your spirit because you don't know the gifts that God has placed. You will have an inkling. You will have some dreams and desires, but you don't really know what's there. So wake it up. Let it, and this is your God crying out to you, spirit to spirit, deep to deep. Who knows that we live in a pressure cooker of a life? And that pressure cooker wants to really boil us. But I want to be hot and on fire for God, not frazzled and things. (laughs) Now we are all awake, but only to the revelation we're moving in now. I'm only awake to that. I want to see. I pray the number of years, I've been here 27 years, and the times I've walked down this aisle, well, we haven't been in this place for 27 years, <laughs> but I walked down this aisle. Sometimes I've been here when I was on staff and working here. I'd come down here 10 o'clock at night. I'd walk down here and walk up to here and pray, praying for the shadow, everything. Don't, you know, when you come to church, don't just sit there. Walk around the place. Take the place. Speak the spirit into the place. Pray for your shadow to go past and people and heal people. Doesn't your heart cry? I see so many people. I work in Porter and I see so many people hurting. I see so many people giving their kids chippies and things for breakfast. I see people that are crippled. I see people that are very sad and overweight. I want to be able to go, and I, you know, I do a smile, and I pray, and I do what I can. But I want that shadow going and setting us free. Why can't we? Our God said he can. So I want to wake up. So I'm, I'm saying, God, strip me. Come next week, I'll be saying, God, strip out of me what is hindering and holding me back. Sorry, I'm not there yet, but I'm doing my best, but I'm going forward. I love there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, that do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. Romans 8.1, put it down in your diaries, because the devil will have you. He will want to pull you down. Your mind will want to pull you down. Don't let it. Start knowing who you are in God. Wait to who you are in God. Wait to the bigness of who you are. You are huge. Who saw men in black? Not the last one. I saw that too. But it's where they looked into the orb. Looked at the cat was carrying this thing around its neck. When I looked in that, I got a revelation, I felt, and I played this play over and over again. Because what I saw when I looked into that little orb, my spirit, my spirit's big like that. When I take God in, I'm huge inside. You're huge inside. Wake it up. Wake it up to the fullness of what God is wanting you to see and to do and to move into that, that real um, uh, that liberty. Because when we move into that liberty, we move incredible freedom and we free other people. God is reminding us to get fully dressed. I'm glad I'm fully dressed. <laughs> Put on your strength. Put on your strength, O Zion, and put on your beautiful garments. What does put on your strength mean? It means put on your joy. And notice he says, you put it on. You choose. Like you, if you're in the middle of something really challenging, you choose whether you put on a glum face, a moody face, or you put on, I'm not going to go down to that level. I'm not going there. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. And I love it. Jeremiah 33, he says, let the voice of gladness, let the voice of joy, let the voice of the bride, let the voice of the bridegroom. You see, when you're in the midst of something and you quote scripture, joy has to rise up. Did you know that joy is a spiritual force? It's a full and powerful force. When I was going through some troubles many years ago, God said to me when I came, was just sort of coming out, he said, put a smile on your face. Now, I didn't understand the fullness of that, but he said, put a smile. Within four months, I saw the scripture in Genesis 4, 6, and he said, it was God speaking to Satan, why are you downcast? Why is your countenance there? Where is your smile on your face? 
Satan is tapping at your shoulder. I tell you what, that gave me the collywoppy. That gave me the shivers, and I thought, praise God. I listened. I did not understand why I should put a smile on my face at that moment in a really hard time. But there was a spiritual force coming through. The devil was not going to happen me. I was not going into bitterness. I was not going to go accusing. I was not going to let disappointment take a hold. Disappointment is almost worse than unforgiveness. Oh, my goodness me. It is dark. It is. God doesn't want any of that in us. Why? Because he wants to see you beautiful and moving on. So put on your strength, which is the joy of the Lord. Put on your strength. And do you know joy? Of course you know. Joy is one of the fruits. (laughs) You know that. And do you know when you operate out of that, the old devil slips off you? He doesn't put his slimy stuff on you. It can't get there. It slips right off. It's wonderful. My God. There. Am I happy? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I do. I, and I find the more pressure I go under, the more disappointment, the more the joy rises up because I'm thinking, oh, you're not having this. You're not taking me there. Put on your beautiful garments. That's the cloak of righteousness. And it talks about um, pure white linen is righteous for the saints. You see, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a brand new creation beautiful new spirit. It's just that your soul, your mind forgets about it sometimes. (laughs) And we've got to renew it all the time. Renew it all the time. So that's the holiness. Abiding continually in godly attitudes, that's garments as well. Clothed in unforgiveness instead of speaking bitterness. Bitterness and cynicism, it clothes you. It actually has a smell. It actually has a smell. (laughs) <laughs> clothed in patience instead of speaking or being intolerant, uh, anger, judgment, and gossip. Now, gossip is different from having to deal with the situation. You'll see a situation, as leaders, you must discuss, and so you come to a resolution and a solution because you want people restored and moving forward. But gossip is different. Also, God clothes us with his armor, how we did. So he clothes us. This is an amazing two little verses pulling all this together as to who we are and how we operate. In my new position, I've actually, it was God just kept putting this little thought because I've always been one that will always have communion anytime. I just don't wait for it when it's at church. I learnt this when I was not well. So if I'm not well, I have communion at home. And why do I have it? Because it takes me straight into reminding myself what Jesus has done for me. And so I can go there. So I found in this new position, I definitely have communion. If we have a national board meeting, I will have communion. If we have normal meetings, we'll have communion. If we're going on a trip to overseas or a campus, I'll, have, I'll bring communion and we'll sit at the airport and we'll have communion together. I've got them focusing. I've got them focusing on who they are in God. So their expectation is high when they get there. And we need to bring more and more of that. I want the board having freedom also to, because if you've got four or five people, you do hear differently. And we must operate in unity. And we may not always be showing the same thing, but it actually does build the big picture, strangely enough. It may, this one may be for now, this may be for there. So I mustn't, I'm, as a leader, must not shut down the others around my board. And you'll be the same when you're in your workplace. If you're a doctor and you've got a reception area, if you're in any area of, um, of leadership, you, you need to have it. And I remember say, hearing someone years ago saying when things got too tough, I mean, the, I'm not sure whether they were CEO, but high up in management, they'd just say to their secretary, I'm closing the door, I'm having time with God, and they would have communion. Why refocusing them? Because why? Because God wants the wisdom coming down through that person to manage that business or that if it, what the area, area he's given them responsibility for. So we need to make sure we put in our strength And we put on our beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. This is speaking prophetically of the church today. But it's also saying to us, when we call on the name of Jesus, his presence has the ability to do what he promised, to make all acceptable and all clean. You don't know where your God's going to take you. I've been a, I literally sat in a gutter with a prostitute. 
And then a few weeks later, I've been introducing the Prime Minister, as I, this is a few years ago, to a meeting, an AGM. I tell you what, sitting in the gutter was so awesome being able to hug that person and say, God loves you. Yes, you've mucked up a little bit in here. Well, you wouldn't say it like that unless you really felt it. <laughs> but you make them feel worthy. You make them feel special. I had someone, and I'll never forget, I was, it was the end of the service here, and I went to get a coffee at the back there, and God gave me a word of knowledge about someone. And all it was was, you know that person too well. I knew they weren't married, so that meant that they were sleeping together. Now, I could have really gone in and wrapped her up but I didn't. God said, no, sit on it. A week later, I went down the back and got to the door there, and I saw her and said, how are you? And she just broke, and she cried on my shoulder, cried and cried and cried. And I said, oh, what's going on? She said, I've just broken up. And then I told her what I'd seen. And I was there able to wash her in the grace of God, the love of God, the caring of God, restoring her. She's beautifully married today. Praise God. We must have that. So it's being clothed. Put on your strength. Put on your beautiful garments. Know, O Jerusalem, holy city, speaking to us prophetically, for the uncircumcised and the unclean, but in Jesus we are clean. We are protected. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And we can bring it to people. The next one is shake yourself. And I don't know why, but I always get a picture of dogs shaking themselves and all these fleas jumping out of them. <laughs> I don't know why, which is probably what happens to us when we shake ourselves and say, that's not going to be part of us anymore. These things jump off us. I mean, things do... <laughs> well, fleas, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, you know, we do go through... And things can attach themselves. I've been places and I'm thinking, why am I feeling so heavy? Because I've picked up something... From where I've been, I was like, get off me. You're not having me. But you see, you need to stay alert to that. You need to stay alert. And so God's asking us to shake ourselves, to wake ourselves up, to look, is this the quality of life we'd really like? And look, if you choose, that's fine. But for me, I have such a hunger to go further and more. And I think you'll find, in all reality, you will do too. You'll find that you will have a hunger. When some of these things shake off you, my goodness, I've got a passion for this. Whenever you get a passion for anything, that is your fuel, that's your energy, that's where God wants you to go. I just love it when we, I see people full of passion going in areas because also passion protects and you go into the right area and the right time because the enemy would love to take us out. He really would. Often when you shake yourself, these are times of reappraisals um, and they can be hard. But if we really got to know that our God is good, and our God loves us, then we should actually welcome them. I still marvel at how I was so shy and so crippled with shyness, <laughs> and I dared to pray a prayer, and then I kept stepping through and stepping through, and every door, and that, I don't know how many years ago that is now, but there's not one door that I will not go through now. Now, I was invited to speak in Houston. I've never spoken in front of 3,500. I had 10 minutes, and it took me months before I could listen to it and realize I'd gone 16 minutes, I thought, oops. <laughs> but, you know, I could have said no to that. But I thought, no, I'm going to step through on that. And just, I don't know where it's going to lead for this, that, and the other, but it has given me incredible favor with international. I don't know why. It's God, I suppose, isn't it? It's God. So don't, don't let the words, I can't do it, come out of your mouth. Because with God, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You need to get these things, these words, these scriptures into you. And that's why I love writing in, in the Bible. If you, my favorite one has to be carried in a bag because it's all falling apart. But do write in it because it does. It gives you life. Shake yourself. I learned something when I was speaking on Esther at a church a couple of years ago. And, you know, we know the common one for such a time as this. But have you ever read the verse prior to it where Mordecai comes to Esther and he says, if you don't do this, he will find another person. I don't want him to find it. If I, it calls on me, I want me to be the one. If it calls on you, you need to be the one. 
Because if you don't, you'll always wonder, why do I feel frustrated? Why do I not feel satisfied? Because you haven't actually gone through the door he wanted you to go. He will endeavor to pull you around, and that, but don't say, I can't. If the door's open before you, then you can. You are equipped. You may not know you're equipped, but you are equipped. So just shake off sheer fear. I had a funny thing happen to me. Um, it was only two weeks ago. It was after conference. And when you, when you make a stand at a conference, <coughs> you do get a bit of an attack from the enemy afterwards. And different things happened. And I was li literally shaking. I, I called a friend, and um, I've got a New Zealand prayer coordinator, and um, I, I speak to her most days. And I, was, it came, I could feel it here, and it actually came out through my skin. I was so shaken and so attacked. And so she prayed this one day, and then the next day I was driving up to Levin because I was speaking to up there. And I got to Fenatapu along there, and I, I was in tongues and tongues and tongues, and I said, shift! And the blimmin' thing didn't go. <laughs> and on the fourth shift, it was shift! And that thing lifted, and I could feel the lightness, and it has not return, praise God, is still the atmosphere. So recognize when we're in these times, we need to watch and we need to f sense, make out, um, be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying. When I'm sitting down here and Greg's up here, I'm not just sitting and listening. To, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, what are you showing him? Because I know there's a lot more going on there than what's coming out too. What are you showing Greg? What are you showing him? You, and we, if I see him starting to come up, right, what are you showing him? What's he got there? I'm training my spirit the whole time. And I tell you what, when it comes out the same, I think, yes. If it doesn't, I thought, oh, I missed that one. But it doesn't matter. It's train your spirit. Train. And this is what gets us prepared for times like we have for next, um, next Sunday. So just keep going. Keep moving. From the dust. What's the dust? The stuff that sticks to you. That's what it is. That's verbal and visual. We pick it up. We don't mean to, but we do. It just, and I thought the classic example, I was watching Graham the other day. He was doing some sanding, and I looked at his glasses. They're absolutely covered with all the good. He couldn't see. We get a haze coming through. If we don't shake it off and we let the dust settle, see, shyness could have crippled me. Disappointment could have crippled me. Hurts, lack, harsh words, anger, negativity. You know, they stick. And God's saying, no. We need to have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. It's no use just having the Word. It's too dry. I've been under that. Dry. If you have just the Spirit, ooh, it's a bit dangerous too. It's the Word and the Spirit coming together, and it transforms lives. If you come home from work, put on a CD. You know, just put something on to shake things off you. I go to bed a lot with things in my ear. <laughs> things in my ear. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I, I won't go. I have these. <laughs> I have a tape deck and a CD player, and I put it in. And I lie on the side, and I have the Word of God going, and, and then I drift off to sleep. And if I wake up, it goes on again because I don't want to have any idle moments. The only trouble is if you go up to the bathroom and you forget it's there, boom, it comes with you, doesn't it? <laughs> Wakes up the husband, doesn't it? Never mind. <laughs> but, you know, keep the word going. Make sure you have the right things going into your ears, into your eyes, because it will come out of your heart, it'll come out of your mouth, and shake it off. Arise and sit down. Now, I love this. I'm sure God has an amazing sense of humor on this one. Arise and sit down. Such a good... <laughs> Such a contradiction. It's arising in worship and adoration and declaration in the presence of his court. Then you sit down at the right hand of the Father. So it's arising and it's sitting down. What is it saying? Know your position in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Love who you're in Christ. I love who I am in Jesus. Why? Because if I didn't, I would be the small, little, inadequate thing here. Love who God's made you to be. Love it. Appreciate. That is not pride. That is not pride. It's valuing your Jesus and who he's made you. It's saying, God, I love you and I thank you. And I tell you what, it takes you into deeper worship. You have a more grateful heart. You just love what he's doing. He just marvel at what he's doing. And you want to go where he wants you to go. Sitting in the throne room, ruling, as it says in Revelations 1-6, we are kings and priests. Kings must follow priesthood. We must worship. And the sad thing is some people worship. They ascend on the wings of the um, eagles. 
and then they go back to old habits and God's saying, please don't do that. Please don't know that. It's too short a life. And this is why God says, let's make a stand. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter. A captive daughter is referring to the, uh, God's children, the bride of Christ. So priests arise, kings rule. King, it means basilius, which means stepping and walking, is that which one puts the foot. So it says, loose yourself from the bonds of the neck, O you captive daughter. And it probably is easier going back to the Old Testament, where if the king was um, victorious and he would lead in the defeated king and all their key people, and he would take the king up onto the high place and he would make him bow his foot head and then he would put the foot down, foot down and take authority and then the sound of the king would come out and declare everything that was subject to this defeated king, power and authority, land, wealth, now belongs to the victorious king. Your king is sounding out and saying, this is what you're entitled to. This is who you are in God. Then you put that foot of inadequacy, your foot on top of that word inadequacy, and you start saying who you are. If you're suffering through poverty and things like that, you put your foot on poverty and you say no more. And we discovered as a scripture in Proverbs, it says when you discover who the thief is, which is Satan, he has to empty out his bank account sevenfold. So that was great to us that was losing everything at that stage. And we didn't go bankrupt, but we, he emptied out his kingdom to us. We came through it. But then because we were being faithful, God also blessed from this kingdom. So you have to know when you loose yourself from something, you're going to gain something as well. You loose yourself from bitterness, you're going to get joy. Loose yourself from disappointment. You're going to go where God wants you to go. You loose yourself something. You gain something from God. You, you know, it's only loosing from the enemy and gaining things from God. So really hold on to it. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> There's a gentleman called Johnny Enlow, and he's written a book about the seven mountains, and I was trying to think of them all. It's government, education, sports, art, business, welfare, and there's one more, and I can't think. He is, God is strategically positioning Christians in all these prominent places. This is how we get the sound of the king moving through our nation. I love this picture that's up there on the screen. This was taken by um, Ian Matcham as he's flying over Wellington. And the one where it has the sound of the king, I'm going to laminate that and I'm going to have it on my desk because I have things that always remind me of where I'm going and what I'm doing. I've got a little collection of camels that have come from Croatia and Cyprus and Malta on my thing. And they remind me of the camels that are coming in with finances and things and the goodness of God. Have things around you that remind you of your promises of God. Just whatever stirs up your spirit. The heaven is actually open. The enemy has incredibly bound us and will, keep, will bluff his way and intimidate us. And when you know who we are, and we wake up, and we wake our spirit, you'll recognize, oh, that's of the enemy, this is of God. Oh, I'm not sure about this bit here, but I'm going to trust you, God, because my prayers are towards you, not that way. So I'm going to just trust. You know, we always have a green light. God always gives us a green light because of what he's done in Jesus. And as you are praying and moving and walking through with him, he will put a big red light up there if you're not meant to go there. Now, one of the gentlemen that I brought through to conference, I meant to have a photo up here so I could bring these, the gentleman with half a beard. But the point was, <laughs> a most amazing man of God, who has, he's got a, a ministry of banners, because the banners in the old time were always carried by men. And he's been all around the world, and uh, anyway, came to us for one and a half days, even though it meant him being late to Jerusalem and, and the big... 25-year celebration there. But the key thing was, I nearly missed out on a divine moment. I had my alarm set at, for 10 o'clock at night. I was in Canberra. And I wanted to go and meet the national board um, that was coming in from, from a glow in, in Can and they were flying from Perth. And it was about 10 o'clock. And I, it went, the alarm went off and I didn't go. 10 past 10, my spirit went bang. My spirit went bang. I thought, oh my goodness. Okay, so I dropped everything, went out the door, pushed the button of the lift, and there was that man watching me. 
and I in half a beard, bright colour, and a banner. And I said, <laughs> "Are you a glow?" <laughs> and he said, "Yes." And you, we we had the most divine depth meeting for t 40 minutes because the others were delayed. If I hadn't gone then, I wouldn't have met him in the lift. I would have had to go and introduce myself in the, in the lobby or whatever. It would not have been the same. And that was our only moment of connection over the next three to four days. And before I left, I knew I had to run again. And just, just different things. We stepped out in faith financially in a whole lot of areas. I had that little window of time. So when your spirit goes off inside and you know you're praying, listen to it. Move to it. Don't say, is this you is or not or whatever. If you're praying and moving with God, it will be God. And if it's not, well, you haven't really lost too much, have you? But losing a divine connection is huge. It's a huge thing. See, it's not our place to be overcome by the world. It's our place to be overwhelmed by God and who he is. And as we speak and declare, we are releasing God's sound, our king, into our own world, into our family, into our workplace, into our city, into our nation. I have to speak into nations now because I'm part of the, the Pacific. And I, it's so enlarging inside. Start speaking out and you'll see where God has, will be taking you. Our choices are powerful. Let's choose God's way. When attacks come, you have a choice. You can either pull you down or you come up and face and fighting. You have a choice to be overruled or rule over. You can have a choice to be overcome or learn to overcome. Be overcome or learn to overcome. Release the sound of your king. For some reason, I don't know why, he's chosen to work through us, and I'm delighted. <laughs> we get to see wonderful things, don't we? So Jesus established his rule in you, in his kingdom, and it's been seen and it's heard. And I'm just going to close with one of my favorite stories. It's um, from David before he was king. And to me, it's like the icing on the cake. It's the power of these verses coming through. And it was David loosed the bonds of intimidation from his neck. And when he loosed it from his neck, he loosed it from the army, and he loosed it from a nation. You see, you don't know when you loose something from your neck what it's going to loose on something else that God has you next. So he loosed it off his own neck. He loosed it off the army. He loosed it off a nation. So praise God. It's not just for you to be loosed. It's for you to go be loosed and then go and share. He loosed so much more. He knew who he was. He knew his heavenly father enough, even though Goliath was um, enjoying the moment, and he would have been, he would have been like squeezing him emotionally, squeezing him with all sorts of things, but David stood strong. And when you have attacks, you do have to decide to stand strong, not to buckle. And I've been through enough in my life to know what I'm talking about there. And I've had many of those choices. David had to come to feed his brothers in the Saul's camp, and um, that was when he saw, saw uh, Goliath as the biggest, really um, eight foot, huge. You can't comprehend what it would be like. But anyway, he was challenging. He heard the challenges, the taunting, the intim intimidation. And then he even saw his king hide. King Saul hide. That's not very good for a leader. Leaders do not hide. Leaders come out strong. Intimidation only works until someone comes along and understands and is experiencing intimacy with God. So awake to who your God is. Awake. David could not and would not allow himself to be intimidated by Goliath. But what was and what I loved about him, he did. He was angry, but not in a rebellious way, but in a, in a righteous way. Which, when you get angry in a righteous way, it releases. It releases a determination that this thing is not going to have. So, as Goliath taunts David, "I will feed you to the birds of the air," David feels, "I see your intimidation, and I'm going to raise you. I'm going to cut your head off, offer your body to the birds and your friends." And Goliath just laughed. But David knew two things that Goliath did not know. One, he knew his God. 
But also David had a prophecy from Saul which came from God. And it said, you're going to be king one day. And David was standing before Goliath and thinking, I'm not king yet, so I'm not going to go to die today. It must be you. Prophecies are important to us. It keeps us focusing and comes through, especially during challenges. The times when I'm felt like this, I'll pull out the prophecies and I'll read them and I know that I'm reading them to the enemy as well as standing in agreement with my God. And I love 1 Timothy 1.18b, I think it is. I've been meditating on that and it says that by them, that's prophecy, you wage a good warfare. Prophecies are of God and they're saying, come on, this is how I see you. Come on, come up and begin what I'm wanting to prepare you for. So it's time to dust off the personal prophecies. Bring them out of your covers. You would have all had a prophetic word somewhere aligned. Even just one word, bring it out. Or some of the dreams that you've had, bring them out. The Rock's had some amazing prophecies over the years. Some have been fulfilled and some have not. And one has been to impact this city and I still believe that's going to be the same and going to impact this nation. I really do say God is calling us next Sunday. We need to come. It's going to be pivotal for the rock. Unity is corporate humility. It's not coming together preaching our personal preferences as if a conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's coming together around corporate humility. The center of the church is not the pulpit. The center of the church is the throne of Jesus. And that creates an environment for the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders and miracles. God loves people of faith. Who's a person of faith here? Put every arm up. Let's get every arm up in this room. If you can't put it up, speak to yourself. I want to see every arm up here and say, I am a person of faith. I am a person of faith. I am a person of faith. And I am going to awaken my spirit to another level. I'm going to allow the spirit of God to speak into my spirit. I'm going to be the person that he has called me to be. I am a person of faith. Let it resonate in your spirit. Let it go through your mind. Just let it rise up. We've got a good God who's got a commission and a move for us. Oh, let it move and let it rise up. More of you, mighty God. God, I want more of you. Awaken me, Holy Spirit. Awaken me more. Thank you that you're awakening this. Yes, let your heart go up. Praise your God. Come on, praise your God. Arise and arise. We are arising.